Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Neither Nine podcast. You are listening to Niall and Andrea here. And on this episode, we are going to be talking about something we haven't touched on for a while because it's being ongoing and rolling out. We're going to be talking about where live music is at in Ireland uh, specifically. Um, Andrea, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, Niall. I'm, I'm, I'm just fine. Yeah, I mean, we're recording this. Well, Maybe you you want to tell the listeners when we're recording this. Uh, yeah, well, there's just been a big meeting that happened uh, today in Ireland about the reopening of live music. But before we get to what's happened at that meeting, I want to kind of give you an overview of everything that's happened and where we're at and the professional and personal uh, outcomes of what's been happening um, for some reason, um, Andrea. In March 2020, when we closed down we were one of the first sectors. The live music sector was one of the first sectors to close down. Uh, it's been a long 500 plus days since that happened. And as you may be aware, I myself have been doing a lot of articles about this because I've been trying to show people out there who maybe aren't paying attention or who are just weren't, weren't uh, considering things is that nobody is dealing with the concerns or offering a roadmap for the live music industry. Why is a live music industry roadmap important? Well, if you remember last summer, we had a lot of guidelines and levels and numbers and details about what was supposed to be planned, what numbers were allowed at events, all these kind of things. What we're at now is that it's actually gone so far backwards in um, in law and in organizational and admin and all of these kind of things in society <laughs> dancing is now currently banned in Ireland because of a statutory law that was brought in to address pubs 
um, because pubs are allowed to reopen. Mm. Uh, the live music industry is literally live. The live events industry that is live music, theater, art, uh, anything that is performance based is currently left on the shelf. And as of right now, there is really nothing to be shown from the government. Now, we did have some hope, and hope is in short supply these days, that something was going to happen on August 26th. And that's what we've been working towards. The whole reason in the last few weeks, I, I wrote a couple of big articles that have been shared far and wide. I was asking for artists to speak up, big artists. We've seen the likes of Hosier and... Brezzy and the academic and uh, even Gavin James and out there making noise about this and saying things. <laughs> there was some hope because where Ireland is at in the vaccination program at the moment is that nearly 83% of Irish adults are fully vaccinated. And it was always told to us that when we get to 90%, things would change, everything would reopen. And that's what we were working on. Which is a fair assumption, I think, because of how the rest of society is reopening. We are in in any aspect of society, we are by no means fully reopened. I don't think anybody's really looking for a full, full reopening. I think most people are aware that we are going to have to live with this virus and for the kind of foreseeable future, things like social distancing, things like limited caps in you know, in enclosed spaces with low ventilation, that these are kind of going to be things. But for some reason, sports and restaurants and pubs have been not only offered guidelines, but been allowed to open and op open safely, but still open. And the live events industry, while there are events that are going to be happening in the, over the next little while, there's, you know, the, the Dunleary Folk Festival, for example, I got some tickets to Lisa O'Neill gig for that, which I'm very excited about, is, is going to be going ahead. There's absolutely nothing about what we actually can do. <laughs> um, no. So I... I know that I can go into a pub or a restaurant, for example, but I don't know if it's illegal for me to go and see somebody playing a guitar unless I'm a certain distance from other I we don't know what the rules are basically and if 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 you and I people who are working in the music industry don't know what the rules are then how on earth are Joe and Mary Punter supposed to know what they're allowed to do so it's just, it's it's the it's a lack of clarity for me that is just very frustrating in our professional lives in terms of anyone who's involved in anything to do with the live events industry we have literally no information about what could happen. What's going to happen in September, October, right now, November, December. There's That's what a roadmap is. Yeah. That's what, how do we get out of, we know now that we can, the only gigs that can happen, you mentioned the Dunleary Folk Festival there. The events that you're seeing at the moment are all funded by LPSS, which is the Live Performance uh, Support Scheme. That is the government funding that was given out to uh, some promoters this year that allowed them to put on socially distant outdoor events uh, i am djing this weekend and doing a couple next week um but they are not representative of real life they are not representative mm -hmm. of what actually needs to happen and again you know i'm a very hopeful person a very optimistic person we've seen the pilot events we've talked about that mm -hmm. we've talked to people like james visipic morrow about that and yet we have seen absolutely zero information since that happened 
Zero information since June. Not only that, but so the Minister uh, for Arts and Culture, um, Catherine Martin, has been promising a roadmap since March 2021, a year after. So for, for that long now, it is now August 2021. From March to August, we've been told the roadmap is coming. We've been told a roadmap is coming. Mm. And yet, nearly every week for the last, I mean, she was on her holidays, like all of the ministers, which is why there was a lot of pressure on in the last few weeks, because we needed, we couldn't wait another two weeks. Mm. Because the understanding, the misunderstanding for a lot of um, the politicians have, they seem to have, even though they've been talking to people in the industry, whether it's a working group or stakeholders or meetings, whether it's, MCD or the Live Music Collective or EEIA or MEII, all of these acronyms, whether a theater form or wherever it is, all of these people that are talk they are talking to are pl- talk- telling the ministers and telling the government how the events industry works. And one mm-hmm. of the things that they will be telling the uh, minister is. You can't just switch the top on and everything come back. We need to be able to plan gigs. We need to be able to know how many right now. Okay. Right now, uh, the say the Fringe Festival is happening in September. Because the Fringe Festival has uh, theatre licences, they are able to put things indoors while music is not allowed to happen. They're allowed to have 50 people indoors where music isn't allowed to happen. That doesn't make sense to me. But they only know that right now, in a month's time, they can only send 50 tickets. So there's no planning. They can't do anything. They can't make any uh, long-term plans. They can't sell any more tickets in case it doesn't happen. We're in this uh, inertia stage where nothing happens, nothing changes. No one knows anything. No one has been told anything. The minister meets people from the arts and culture uh, section, people like National Campaign for the Arts as well. All of these people are impressing upon the minister Catherine Martin, what needs to be done? She's been told for months and months and months and months what needs to be done. I'm relying as somebody who is not on these meetings um, to, from other people who are in the meetings to tell us what it is that they are, are hearing from the minister and, and these meetings. And one of the things that gave me hope in the last couple of weeks, this is exactly what I heard. After... So I went on holidays uh, a couple of weeks ago on the Friday before I went on holidays. Um, I decided to do an article about it. And then when I came and that took off, I got the department around to me. I had uh, loads of people in the industry onto me. Um, and then I did a follow up as well about uh, comparing the, well, no, using the Belfast 10,000 capacity gigs that are happening. If there are gigs happening on this island up the north, uh, Fela on Pubble or Tom Jones or Fontaine's DC are playing to thousands of people on this island and meanwhile we can only play to 200 people outdoors and that's all we know that's all we know so the hope came from the fact that Neffet apparently this is what was what was told and this is what was coming out and this is what I was hearing okay so we heard that the sector would reopen in mid-September vaccine certs would be mandatory that the department was asking for 65 to 75 percent capacity by mid-September and but ultimately it was Neffet that had the final call on all this. Uh, the suggested date was that it was going to happen on the 26th of August. Um, and uh, that would be the government would present this to Neffet and then it would come out on the 26th. So that was kind of the thing that gave me hope. But then today what we're hearing is that the meeting um, that was happening today uh was expected to bring about an announcement about a roadmap or something like that, easing of restrictions. 
what I had heard is that someone and what an article that I was sent from the department themselves suggested that um, the live music restrictions and any guidelines around that were going to be placed alongside the living with COVID overall guidelines for the entire uh, country, which were going to be released at a later date. And this is why we were like, look, we need the things now. There are many reasons why venues and promoters, other than those reasons outlined, whether it's like needing to know what they can do, needing to know how many tickets they can do. It's also things like ventilation. What are the ventilation guidelines? If you wait another two or three weeks to tell people what needs to be done and what they need to do to their venue, that's going to knock things on further. Do you know what I mean? If you already know what those things are, or you need to know what are the health and safety restrictions that you are going to be required in order to reopen things. But yeah, what seemed to be happening today then is that um, that was all out the window. None of that information seemed to be happening. It's all this hearsay stuff, right? And that's, I think you've seen this in loads of other conversations around easing of guidelines in other sectors, where it's pubs and the restaurant industry, hospitality industry, especially where things get leaked in advance, where levels and all last year was all leaked in advance. Um, it's it's it, We're in a very strange place right now because we still, well, we've been asking and asking and asking. No one is listening to us. And um, before we get into maybe the wider thing about all that, you know, I mentioned this before, and it's worth underscoring. Not only are there thousands and thousands of people out of work who can't do what they normally do, um, there's a lot of people who feel that inertia. There's a lot of people who, you know, there was a lot of discussion, say, around gyms uh, in the when it was closed last year. And people were like, reopen the gyms, right? Everyone understood the need to reopen gyms. Um, and what I have been trying to impress when I talk to people about this is that, you know, going to gigs is also something that's regulation for your mental health. Going out is something that's regulation for your mental health. Being able to have a dance. Dancing is currently banned because of this pub statutory instrument, which is just bizarre, this law that has banned dancing indoors and um, and outdoors, actually. But <laughs> it's a fucking bizarre thing to be to be uh, saying, really, isn't it? But and look, we've all I seen guess, Footloose. We know, well, yes. we know what happens when you ban I, dancing. I was on the radio today and somebody said it was called, it was going to be Fecklose. So it's just very upsetting because, you know, for me personally, my mental health, and I've said this before, but it says it again, because this is, these are jobs. These are jobs we're talking about. These are livelihoods, which the government don't seem to respect in any way. Um, but they're also, it's also the mental health of people who are in the industry and, and not just the industry, people who go to gigs for like, for their, for their break, for their uh, letting go of steam, letting off of steam. All of these things are not happening. Mm. People are in this horrible inertia where it's just really dull. Everything is dull. You're not allowed to do anything. Yeah, what, what other people anywhere. get from sports, we get from seeing live music. Um, and that's, I don't know, that's that's the simplest way that I can put it for people. And I mean, for for me, just to kind of offer a perspective that I've had sort of whispered to me from people because they don't feel necessarily that they're fully ready to come out and say you know we need electric picnic for example we need full reopening with no social distancing we need to have you know tens of thousands of people at festivals and so on there there are a lot of people who are both within and outside of the industry who 
don't feel that that is necessarily the right call either um that that, that there's a middle ground there where where we can do things safely um and i think that it's important to kind of recognize that those people exist i'm i'm one of those people um i'm i'm concerned about having like giant events happening um but and, and i think that's that's a legitimate concern and that's absolutely fine but i'm not out here saying you know don't reopen anything i would just like to know what the plan is I, w- I, w- I would like for it to be recognized that there are currently thousands of people out of work um these are people who during the f- the first couple of lockdowns or you know covid one in 2020 ministers and representatives and everybody was coming out and saying how important they are to our culture how important they are to our society and now at this point we you, you get to a point where you're like yeah i i actually didn't even really believe you then <laughs> that that you believed that and it's becoming really clear that that they don't believe it now um i think yeah 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 no i just wanted to say that on the not everybody in the industry is asking for the same thing and there are different opinions on what level of reopening people are comfortable with and that's fine because if things reopen too much then the people who aren't comfortable they don't have to go to those gigs there will be smaller gigs there will be distance gigs for those for those people to be able to go to but 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 the problem is that if you if you don't give us any guidance then we're going to be out here speculating and then we're going to start having arguments with each other and there is a there's a problematic thing that is also happening, which is that people, anti-maskers and alt-right people in Ireland are co-opting the reopen the live events industry narrative um, as a, an anti-lockdown narrative. And I would advise people to be careful when engaging with people like that online. Um, and that's just something I wanted to flag as well, because that is very concerning. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all I wanted to say on that. That's something I've been dealing with a bit more the last while. Yeah, I've I've no, I've noticed it in in that. some re- replies to pieces you've written, um, and it's it's a it's a worrying thing. But it, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I think so. With the electromagnetic thing, I'm glad that that is kind of um, not a going concern in terms of the headlines anymore, and it was taking up too much oxygen as it is. You know. I never thought the electricity was going to go ahead. The 70,000 people in the field in September. No one did, I don't think. No, no two, one did. Yeah, I mean, Melvin Bank can say what he wants, all the same. You know, he was on um, RT News today and he sounded way more dejected than he, he has ever sounded before, even though he compared the the handball of Thierry Henry to, uh, uh, against Ireland to uh, what's happening at the moment. Um so I thought that was interesting. Um, but he does have a point, and I think he he is getting to the nub of the issue in lots of ways at the moment because he said uh, there's no political leadership that is challenging that or moving on. Uh, Brian Dobson asks him, here, I'll play the audio. Talk now to Melvin Benn, Director of Festival Republic, uh, which had hoped to uh, be the uh, co-organisers of the Electric Picnic this year. Uh, Melvin Benn, I think the last time we were talking to you in the programme, you were pretty optimistic that would go ahead. But of course, uh, there's, there's no licence for that uh, this year. So what are you, what at the very least do you hope you might come out of this meeting with Catherine Martin today? 
Oh, I think like many people, not very much at all, I'm afraid. There's a complete lack of leadership, it seems to me. And um, uh, I'm just angry. I'm really, really angry because it's unnecessary. It, it, it's wrong. Um, it, you, you know, the level of vaccination in Ireland is just, you know, incredibly high. As I said before, you, you know, you'd win the, the you know, the, the, the gold medal for the speed at which it, it started to roll out. And uh, I, I'm... I'm angry because it's wrong. It sort of feels almost... I've, I've tried to think of a parallel, and it, the only parallel I can think of is, is feeling like Shea, Shea Given did in 2009 when Thierry Henry handballed that ball, and everybody knew that it was wrong, and yet the ref ignored it, and somehow... As far as I'm concerned, everybody knows this is wrong. Never have created a, a culture of fear, and there's no political leadership that's challenging that or moving it on. It, it's, it, it's not about Leash County Council. The whole culture of fear uh, is wrong. We've been doing test events you know, in the UK. All the results are available. What we were talking about at the Electric Picnic was fully vaccinated people at the test mm. event where nothing was being uh, recorded as, as significant spikes. They we were just doing lateral flow tests. What we were offering at the picnic was significantly more than that, and yet still nobody responding at all. I mean, it's an appalling situation. Tell us about the contrast, because you operate and run festivals in the UK and, and the United States. Tell us about the contrast between here and uh, those countries. What's happening there? Leadership, political leadership, that's the contrast. It's no more than that. I mean, you know, it's the same virus. It isn't a different virus in Ireland than it is in the UK um, or America. Um, it isn't a different science. The science is as clear as it comes, um, you know, that you can put people together uh, in, a, in a, a, a particularly in outdoor spaces um, uh, and providing that they're all tested or providing that they're all fully vaccinated, there will not be a spike as a result of it. The mm. science is there, but it's not been read and, and, and ado adopted. And the clear difference is political leadership. No more than that. Right, so that's Melvin Ben talking to Brian Dobson today about this. So even, I think, even though Melvin Ben talks about electric painting, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about small, medium gigs. We're talking about we don't know what we can do. And I am so frustrated with this. I am so frustrated that I cannot know if I can put my club night Lumo on in any at any point in the next six to eight months. I was hoping for October. Um, I don't know when social distancing is going. I don't know uh, if masks are mandatory. I don't know. I don't know anything. No one knows anything. We know less now than we knew last year. And this is just so incredibly frustrating for anyone who's trying to make a living or do something we don't want to be, we don't want to be on the pub. No one wants to be on the pub at this point. 17 months in now, we don't want to be on the pub anymore. Like, it's so ridiculous. We want to get back to doing stuff. We want to, we're going to have some agency about what we're allowed to do. And we still have nothing. We, I think ultimately we probably will get a roadmap. So I want you to maybe pass the, the mic over to some people um, that uh, can tell us a bit about why they think... I basically put them to one question. Why does a roadmap matter? And you're about to hear some voices from the Irish music industry tell you why a roadmap matters. It's just 
so the reopening plan is immensely important to the industry because the entire industry works around strategy and frameworks and planning everything about it there's so many moving parts you know i own a recording studio you know i need the live industry to be open so people can make money from playing music so they can reinvest it into recording it's all a cycle and i really don't think our government get that idea of our industry and you know i'm doing this this uh audio piece about 10 minutes after speaking with the alliances who spoke to our minister Catherine Martin today to find out that she isn't on the COVID subcommittee and if that isn't an indication at political leadership level of what they and how they view our industry I, I really don't know what is considering we're the last industry to open and we don't have representation at the subcommittee which basically means they are just getting secondhand news from how bad the actual badly hit the industry is and it's devastating and insulting to every individual who works in this industry and made it their life. So, you know, why is a plan important? Because it's a symbol of hope for an industry that feels slightly hopeless at times. We feel like we're, we don't feel like we're in safe hands politically. And that is really difficult. So from a mental health, emotional well-being point of view, my colleagues and peers, they need hope. They need to know that we're not facing into another winter where it's just aimless you know, non-strategy by politicians whose wages haven't been affected by this. Uh, and that's the reality. It's that level of, of hope. And, yeah, I, you know, our industry is immensely adaptive. We've always adapted and we've always found ways to get around things. But, you know, this has been a particular body blow and um, the, the reopening plan needs to come fast and it needs to be sustainable and it needs to respect the industry at every facet and every level. Why does the roadmap matter? I guess, you know, it's the uncertainty that we've been living with for the last, you know, 15, 16 months has been the thing. You know, we've had so many false dawns, so many promises from the Department of Culture, so many meetings with Catherine Martin, so many press releases, so many photographs, so many big announcements, so many pilot gigs, and nothing's pushed anything forward. You know, nothing has made anything um, get any closer to us kind of as an industry, you know, going back to work, you know, an industry that... You know, it's a big business, you know, 30,000 people, three and a half billion a year, you know, every euro spent on a ticket, another uh, six euros spent in the wider hospitality and tourism sector. But now we can't plan, you know, for outdoor events, we need lead time, you know, for anything over over 5,000 people, you need a 13 week to apply for a license even. So, you know, and really you need six, eight, nine months to kind of plan and, and put it out there. You know, even for smaller shows, you look at stuff now for October, November, December, there's been so many repeats and so many um, movements and reschedules of gigs um, that now, you know, even people looking to put stuff on sale, you know, they're putting stuff on sale in Belfast, putting shows on sale in the UK, can't put anything on sale in, in the Republic because they just don't know what the capacity is going to be, what the requirements are going to be, what the restrictions are going to be. And this is something that, you know, we've been telling the government telling the department of culture telling Catherine martin for over a year you know we we need time to plan and you know we told them in may and june of this year that you know we needed you know proper proper communication we need to sit down with them and you know we were kind of ignored and you know her Catherine martin's department has managed to get you know pubs hospitality you know aviation lots of things up and running and we've been left to last and what we told her at the start of the summer was if you leave it till august you know it'll be all about schools it'll all be about universities um, and that's where we are. And like the real fear now is that they're meeting today 
that it's just optics again, just to kick it up the street and that, you know, we're going to be left to last as we have been. A roadmap matters because we matter. The arts industry matters. The music industry matters. The live entertainment industry matters. We deserve to be taken into consideration by the government when reopening the country. We deserve to be treated like every other sector. Their silence has been deafening and now it's time to use our voices to be heard. We need answers, and we need them now. Well, Niall, uh, a roadmap is absolutely vital for us. It takes weeks to plan a show, sometimes months. Between booking the acts, designing posters, creating marketing campaigns, promoting and selling the shows, it simply cannot be done overnight. Uh, what's just as important is what capacity we'll be getting back to at the start. Who's going to subsidise the shortfall? Um, for example, if we're operating at 50% capacity this autumn, then artists, crews and suppliers aren't going to work for half price, and neither am I. And as well, Niall, the... Um, the one thing that we seem to be overlooking is the need to mentally and physically prepare ourselves for going back at it. Um, social anxiety is going to be rife amongst our industry. Being around so many people after so long of being around so few is going to have untold lasting effects. Um, there's also the mental exhaustion that will lead to burnout if we don't look after ourselves. Our profession is a calling and it's one that we obsess about. So we have to learn not to take too much on too soon and to leave a little room, a little free time for ourselves. Um, but yeah, the sooner we know when we're starting back, the sooner we can start preparing. Thanks to Brezzy, Shane Dunn of Independence, MCD and Epic, Lyra, and Stephen Butler of the Set Theatre in Kilkenny and Labyrinth Events for their input on why we need a roadmap. So I think, you know, one of the things that definitely got people's backs up in the last few weeks is the fact that... um. Not that it's an either-or situation, but 24,000 people were allowed back into Croke Park um, this month for the GAA finals, right? And that is incredibly disheartening for anyone who's been shouting uh, from the live events industry about their return and trying to get something back. Literally, Catherine Martin has been, you know... Whether she's been doing a good job in this regard or trying to represent the industry, ultimately, uh, Jack Chambers uh, announced very quickly that uh, the GA was allowed back. And I think all of this is just indication of 
where we are at in terms of priorities in this country with on a governmental level. I think a lot of us knew in advance that the arts and culture were looked down upon by the government. And I think that has been a case for a lot of my living, my life, you know, that that idea, that sentiment has clearly been around for a long, long time. And sadly, it seems to be coming into fruition here. And it makes no sense. I mean, I'm not, it's, I, I'm, we're delighted that people are allowed to go back to Croke Park. We are in a position now where we're already over 80% double vaccinated. We have to get back to living uh, in some way. We're going to be living with COVID in some way. The whole point of the vaccination is that we can do that, is it not? It just feels like such disrespect and deprioritization when you consider that, okay, 24,000 people are allowed in, a, in Croke Park, for example. If you are in a big pub, say there's 700, 800 people allowed in a pub, there's no cap on a pub right now. Yeah, we're social distancing and all that kind of stuff at the moment. But if you introduce music to that pub, you'd have to change it to 50 people. So it just doesn't make any sense. And then the Catherine Zappone um, stuff that happened, the Zappone Gate, where they changed the rules retroactively to allow to fit the events that happened in the Marion Hotel, is just a further smack in the face to anyone who's been trying to get some details and information about where we are going in this like roadmap, what it is that we need to do. We are asking and asking and asking and asking. So it seems today that the meeting that came out, first of all, the first thing I saw was the Event Industry Alliance who said they were deeply disappointed following a government meeting with Minister Martin today. EIA represent a load of different people. Um, Epic are in there. Um, this event production industry a working group, which you heard of Shane Dunn um, there, uh, a part of. Basically, what they said was they were, they were very disappointed that, first of all, Leo Radker, Tarasha Leo Radker, Antishok, uh, Michal Martin and uh, Stephen Donnelly, health minister, did not attend this meeting. We need their ears and we need those people to listen to us now. And that is just sadly not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. Um, we don't, we still don't have a date. We still don't have anything. Meanwhile, Catherine Martin has said she has presented a roadmap that, it is worth noting that no one has seen this roadmap at all to the Cabinet COVID subcommittee. So that's, there seems to be an issue here. She said that she presented a roadmap with dates for consideration to the Cabinet subcommittee on August 6th and have been disappointed it wasn't approved. But we just don't know what was in that roadmap. We don't know what the idea, we don't know why it wasn't approved. We don't know who, who didn't approve it. There's no one talking to the industry about what's happening here. Other than Catherine Martin going, I'm trying, I'm doing, trying to do something. I don't know. My hands are tied. Uh, today's meeting seems, what I've seen so far is that she's come out and said, I can't get on the cabinet sub, uh, COVID subcommittee. So there's clearly a block here. And she should be on that subcommittee. There's absolutely no absolutely. reason for her not to We're be on We're the only industry le not left, not open. Yeah. Like, why not? What is left here? And I don't think there's going to be such a big deal with the schools this year, uh, because that's what another narrative I keep saying is, you know, well, we need to get this in before the schools reopen. Yeah, I mean, the schools, the schools have done this for a year. They know how to live with COVID. They have been doing it under very strict circumstances, very difficult circumstances. Teachers having to... Uh, leave and uh, students having to leave but they're now vaccinating 12 15 year olds and we're getting down to this point where we're like the end game is here mm -hmm. <laughs> so what are we doing what are we doing so right now 
Andrea, I don't know how much hope I have left with all of this Oh, uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> I am a very hopeful person, and I really do try. Yeah. Um, and But I'm getting, I'm completely despairing now. Because, you know, there's only so much shouting you can do. There's only so much, it doesn't make any sense to me anymore. Okay. Why is it that 10,000 people can be up up in a field? Why, why is it that, like, 2,000 people can be in a field up in Derry? I'm not just talking about like massive numbers. I'm just like something. Why isn't there something? It's just so, so, so deeply frustrating and so disappointing that yet again, the Irish government has shown us that they don't care about us. We don't care about the um, Irish music and artists and musicians. And they're obviously, we know they're fucking well able to talk us up when they're talking about us in terms of tourism. And, you know, Lands of saints and scholars and all that, but they don't give a fuck. And that's the truth of it. And that's just sad, again, that we're in this mess. We're in this Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, waiting for them to even listen to us once or even take a meeting with us. Do you know what I mean? That's where we're at. That's where we're at. And I don't know how much hope there is left, um, uh, particularly today. Look, I think something will happen. Something will have to happen because we can't go on like this forever. But the fact that so many people have been shouting about it, so many artists, so many people in the industry, so many promoters, uh, venue operators, they've been meeting and engaging for months and months and months and months and months and months and months. Yeah. And nothing is Well, that's the thing about this industry, right, is that this industry shows up. We know that. They show up to meetings. They show up to organize events. They show up when there is social justice causes on the line. They show up. So all we need is for the other side to just come to the table. And if the Irish music industry just keeps showing up, it has to happen. It has to. Because if it doesn't, then then I really despair. Do you know? I mean, I know today we saw they basically didn't show up. <laughs> the government basically didn't yeah. show up. Um, which is deeply upsetting and insulting um and regrettable and all of those things um but there's no way we won't survive this but not everyone will will survive it and that's that's the that's the honest truth about it and the, and that's what's horrible there are people who are going to look at what happened today and say do you know what i don't want to work in live events anymore fuck this i'm getting out i'm i'm i'm, I'm going to go and i'm going to do something else i'm going to go and use use my degree in engineering or or whatever it was or i'm gonna go and work for someone they're they're gonna get out and the government are gonna have that on them and and that sucks they don't care they and don't care. i don't have any solutions and i'm sorry and i have nothing but sympathy and empathy for the people who are trying to work and can't and we have no solutions but we're gonna keep pushing you're gonna keep writing about it we're going to keep listening to people email us and we'll like we will do everything in our power to try and get people heard but you know we're 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 also just you know banging our heads against the wall here as well yeah to have to keep explaining your case and stating yeah. your case and pleading for, for your actual the value of your own like livelihood that is just keeps getting discarded and it's not as if they've been handing out free therapy, you know, <laughs> it's not, it's not as if like, that's before you even get on to, you know, the other 
aspects of not having a would say i would say i may have said it before but music minds offers a very good program for anyone involved in the music industry and actually minding creative, minds. creative industry at, li- at larger at larger yeah it? minding creative minds um, minding creative minds sorry yeah um, minding creative minds um so you can access free um therapy and counseling mm-hmm. and uh, mental in, well-being uh, support yeah. Yeah, for the Irish creative sector. So anyone who is affected by this, I would uh, encourage you to go and uh, access that free service. I think, you know, therapy is a very expensive thing, in, but it's a very useful thing. But this is a free service. You can access free therapy and there's many other things that they do as well. It's a great service, Mining Creative Minds. Um, so there's a, do have a look at that. It's miningcreativeminds.ie. Um, and in the wider wider thing, there is a lot of things that, you know, aren't being considered. Look, what is going to happen in the months to come? Things will happen again. Things will reopen. We, I, I am, I'm feeling pretty despairing at the moment, but I, I don't know what it is about me. I'm a very optimistic person. We'll have something. We'll have something by October, I think. We'll have, we'll be, we'll be given something. They're just not giving it to us on our terms or listening to us. But there's a wider issue here. And that is, and I was thinking about this today, um, you know, I think, do you remember when like, we were like, oh, what's going to be your first gig back? There is going to be none of that. There's not going to be any of this big, we're all back, baby. That's not happening anymore. I know. I was thinking about that today as well. I was thinking about like early lockdown and not, not even first gig back. But, you know, I don't know if you remember, like we were, gi- we were given a certain date that might have been in like May or something. I can't remember what it was. And, and it was like... God, can you just imagine it? People are going to be dancing in the streets and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, you know, we, I think we realized pretty quickly that we're never going to have that big day. It's going to be a, a slow reintroduction into society, you know, I like, or yeah. And, and there's another there's, issue that there's I've been a sadness well, to that, you know. but there is also a kind of a caution to it as well, which is fine. But it's just, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to start repeating myself if I... Yeah, well, that's the mental <laughs> scarring of, of spending so long... On in, our own. ...in a, a situation yeah. where you're locked down or you can't do anything. You know, you start to be conditioned to um, not want to do what you used to do. Yeah. Or maybe you feel in a different way. You don't feel the same. And, you know, I'm personally sick of feeling the inertia, as I keep calling it. Because that's the only way I can put it. It's like... It's like yeah, this stasis. You're just like stuck. You're stuck, and I'm, I hate being stuck. I hate being stuck. I hate not being able to express myself or do what I want. And I get that. And I get, you know, there's a lot of people who have been, you know, emerging artists, new artists who haven't been able to do what they want to do, and they haven't been able to move their career on. They're not being considering all this really either. I mean, there's very limited opportunities for anyone who's trying to make a career. There, we have seen some artists last year who came out and did really well. But beyond that, like we're talking about like the likes of Denise Chyla and the Scratch and stuff like that. But this year, it's been very different. You really haven't seen a lot of people being able to do anything. But the wider thing is also, there's no opportunities. But the wider thing is also that, you know, I have seen, like anecdotally, I've seen a lot of artists, new artists, um, up and coming uh, musicians and artists move to the UK. Because why wouldn't they? They can actually do stuff there. They can go to gigs. They can and look. This isn't about, you know, they're doing things in a different way than we are. It's about, look. I understand that people are going to access. You can go to different places. We're we're so ahead in the vaccination uh, program rollout. Eighty three percent today is what I saw, but we are nowhere near um, 
rolling out any information about live music sector. What that does is that uh, it doesn't inspire confidence. That gives people, you know, you're getting a talent drain that's happening at the moment. I see a lot of people move to London and the UK at the moment, young artists who should be making their career here. So there's going to be long-term effects of what happens um, here as well. Do you know what I mean? There's going to be, there's going to be artists who who would have uh, come up here and played venues. They're gone to elsewhere. They're gone to London. They're gone to to wherever. They're gone. They're mostly gone to London. The people I've seen. They've gone to Berlin maybe as well. They they've gone to places where they can p- apply their craft. They can do things. Again, the wider thing is the live music industry. The music industry at large is going to suffer. And then I was thinking about the larger things. Like it's like next year, next summer. I saw that Heim rescheduled their gig till uh, summer 2022, which was supposed to happen obviously two years ago now, so it'll be 2020. And it got me thinking that we're not going to see any artists from the US or very few from the from Europe, maybe. Maybe there'd be a lot less of those artists touring internationally because things are so up in the air. <sighs> so you're going to end up with a two-year period uh, maybe th- that will have a knock-on effect on what happens next. Maybe you won't see. There was a time where there'd be touring international bands, touring US bands coming to Wheelands every day of the week nearly, or at least two or three days, uh, times a week. That might not come back for, for, for years. That may not come back at all. Um, and maybe that's in one thing, you know, I mean, that gives opportunities for local artists, which is great. But it it's just reminding me that we are, everything is going to utter, utterly change here. Everything is going to change completely. And I think that is something that I didn't really want to think about. I didn't really want to think about what the future would hold because there is, everything feels so speculative. But it is starting to feel now that, you know, everything is utterly changed. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know where we're at. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know where we are anymore <laughs> i'm just i'm dejected i think i'm dejected that's what i'm at. i'm very dejected okay well that's the lay of the land at the moment and that's where we're at right now and it is a, a bleak outcome and a bleak out- overview do you know what we need we need some reasons to be cheerful before we finish <sighs> yes, this please. Up, i think um you know? do you have one to mind because i have two yes okay i do because i sent it to you five minutes before we started this uh the, okay. this thing um Rascal's Brewery have a Club Rock Shandy Pale Ale. Oh, delighted yes. with my yeah. with them. Rascal's yeah, Brewery, so we are uh, available to shill we your product on our <laughs> on our podcast. So it, it's a is it a Rock Shandy beer? Yeah, do you remember back in the day, Rock Shandy actually had a very small percent of alcohol? No, don't remember. And so this. the funny thing at the time was that, yeah, yeah, like back at like early nineties, maybe late eighties or something like that, right? Um, so the whole thing was that people would be like, "Oh, if you drink so many Rock Shandies, they'll get oh, drunk." Oh, <laughs> people like, when I was young used to say that about Sidona. It'd be like if if you drink eight Sidonas, you get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so it's just that thing but uh, I love this so Rascals have gone and made a beer that's called Rascals Club Rock Shandy Pale Ale with officially with, with Club Orange um, on board so it's a it's a can 4.5 um, it's a orange and lemon peel I'm delighted that sounds for delicious and I'm, yeah. I'm I might actually just go down to Rascals because I'm a double A 
uh, this evening pick some up if they have any once again for our yeah, listeners we are not? not sponsored by Rascals but once again Rascals we are open to that collaboration <laughs> but we, could, we be. could be we could be and we have we're here Rascals like, they've done some send stuff us some of your delicious yeah. wares um, okay I have two they're, they're one of our favourite beers yeah I have two reasons to be cheerful uh, one is a quick one my Tesco shopping just arrived um, so delighted about that and two is at seven o'clock tonight, something I didn't realize was happening until I saw it on Twitter earlier. Um, Kojak is doing a performance or a, has a performance dropping on his YouTube, as the kids say these days. And he's doing a Q&A at seven o'clock tonight from uh, on YouTube. Um, and it's from the Olympia Theater. And he shared like a little clip of it um, of him doing a bit from town's dead and looks really yeah cool. because town's dead just yeah, looks yeah. so cool um so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna watch that it looks awesome um obviously it'll be over by the time people hear this but uh hopefully it's available on youtube yeah there is another so you can probably go and search there's first. another track from the album i think it's no hands that's up from yeah. the olympia as well so you can have a look at yeah, that too it looks really um, cool i think Kojak might be the coolest person in ireland yeah he's moved to he's one of those people I that's just, moved to london as well He's yeah. one of those talent drains. Turns out that it's dormant. Yeah, so he's just waiting. He's wait- biding his time. Yeah. Um, I have another reason to be cheerful, and that is Wally, Wally the Walrus and his the havoc. Wally the Walrus. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed <laughs> at Wally the Walrus. <laughs> I showed Harry today. I watched a video of him, of get on get on a little uh, speedboat. But did you see what they're doing? They're basically making yeah. him a little couch. Yes. That, so that he he'll stop. So Wally the Walrus, for anyone who doesn't know, is uh, the on the the southwest coast. There is a walrus who has been wreaking havoc, and has been climbing onto people. So what walruses like? Um, I, I think like like seals and sea lions, they they need to come above water a lot of the time. They can't stay underwater all the time. So when they come, come above water, they need somewhere to lie down. And where has Wally the walrus been lying down? Only on people's boats. But Wally the walrus is a big guy. He's a big boy. And these these boats are <laughs> not sharing footage with me. Look at him go. Um <laughs> And he's been sinking boats. He's sunk, I think, he's at smashed least up two boats. boats. He's causing, and he's yeah. smashing them up. He's causing absolute mayhem. So they're basically building him a little thing for him to float on, and they're gonna put his scent on it so that he can like go over to it. I think Wally should give two fingers to the man and keep smashing up boats. Just this energy is what I need. Yeah. I, I want his his reign of terror to continue. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we need to do to Michal Martin and Stephen yeah. Donnelly and oh. Leo Varadkar. Just smash, sweet up Wally. Their, smash up their summer boats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's been giving me great pleasure. Do you know something else has given me great pleasure, actually, is um, um, the fact that the Lewis is free now. I don't know if you heard, but the Lewis is free. Isn't that great? Lewis has always been free now. Yeah, it's always been free. It's always um, free. I'm delighted about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just so, just delighted that the Lewis continues to be free. So yeah. um so that's that's great. one thing the government got right actually was Isn't that, that great? The, the decision to never charge for the Lewis. So um yeah. thanks for that guys. <laughs> yeah. So appreciate that. So that's some reasons to be cheerful. Um I mean, I am actually doing a gig this weekend. It's one of the LPSS gigs, the pod one. Um, yeah. And uh, worth mentioning because, you know, it's happened. They're happening. They're only happening with, with government uh, support, which obviously is appreciated, but it's just like, it's that's not yeah. what we're talking about. The wider thing is like, what happens next? But yeah. I'm delighted. You know, I get to DJ in Emma. Um, Neve Regan, one of our favorites, is playing. She's the first artist I'm going to see back 
uh, proper. Um, then there's John Francis Flynn. I have yet to properly hear his album, but I hear it's very good on a, a sub-label from Rough Trade, uh, River Lee. I think it's mm-hmm. it sounds really interesting. And then Just Mustard are playing as well on, on the event that I'm, I'm, I'm at. And then I'm also going to Mead this weekend for another love story, which is uh, happening in a small, socially distant 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. situation. Um, going to be doing some that sounds some so presenting lovely. at that, and I think I'm actually, that does sound so lovely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's you know it's it's really really important. <laughs> it's really really. Oh, important do you want to, to know something that I that has been bringing me joy? Yeah. Um, listeners might be interested to know that I like cricket now. Um, oh, I've gotten really what? into cricket. Yeah, I like watch watch the cricket now. <laughs> You've changed. I know. Well, I watch the women's cricket, um, and I kind of watch some of the men's cricket, but the women's cricket's great. Um, and yeah, that's right. that's it. Re- reason to be cheerful. Cricket's kind of cool. Yeah. I have another reason to be cheerful. And I think I saw you tweet about this today, um, or was it yesterday? Um, Paul McCartney, oh, no. um, he has a TV show uh, out at the moment with uh, Rick Rubin, where Rick Rubin sits with him at a mixing desk and they basically go through some of his most well-known songs. Oh, no, uh, I wasn't tweeting about this. McCartney 321. But no, you were tweeting about uh, McCartney, were you not? I was tweeting uh, about the upcoming Peter Jackson mm, yeah. documentary, Get Back. Right. In but which Paul McCartney looks like a snack. It's it's that, the beard, that was, the black beard. You've got a particular, you've got a particular, uh, <laughs> you've got a look that you go for for sure. Oh, he just There's looks no so beautiful. Uh, um, yeah, no, it's just that's that's going to be. I can't wait for that. That's late November, um, and I w- I won't give autumn as my reason to be cheerful yet. I'll I'll keep that for another another couple of weeks i think yeah well i would recommend this it's actually on disney plus i think um starting next week so i got a, a preview of it um it is uh Colin mccartney 321 it's rick rubin and paul mccartney sitting in front of a mixing desk playing some of his uh, most well-known songs and you know the way like when i was younger i always thought paul mccartney was a bit of a dope um but I'm uh, kind he is of a bit of a around. dope yeah but he's made some great music on his own but he's our dope yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll defend him to the ends of, of the earth, but I will not deny that it, that he should have never written that um, Meet Free Mondays song or done right, that yeah. strange Jamaican accent. But yeah, Paul, I mean, every, yeah, Paul, if you're listening, sure. you're welcome on the podcast anytime. I love you. <laughs> well, um, I would recommend watching that show. It's great. And I yeah, that sounds across. awesome. I will he's watch such a sh- he's such a sharp memory. Such a yeah. sharp memory. Yeah. So, have you watched Summer Soul? Uh, yes, yes, of course. I wrote a piece about it a month ago. I saw you uh, recommended. Uh, if anyone hasn't seen Summer Soul, um, it's a beautiful film about uh, the Harlem Cultural Festival, nineteen sixty nine. Some amazing performances, the likes of Nina Simone, Sly, and the Family Stone. Uh, the, the third dimension uh, is the fifth dimension. Fifth dimension. Fifth dimension. Um, yeah. Um, who Stevie else? Stevie Wonder, David Ruffin, Stevie Wonder, a young nineteen year old uh, Stevie Wonder. Um, Amazing! It's absolutely fantastic. It's it's oh, absolutely unbelievable. Stable singers. Yeah, and the uh, the book I recommend is Harlem '69: The Future of Soul by Stuart Cosgrove. It's about it's about the city of Harlem in 1969. It includes the Harlem Cultural Festival, but there's lots more besides in it. Um, excellent book if you wanted kind of further reading on that, and if you enjoyed Summer of Soul. Um, yeah, very very good. 
Okay, well, look, I cool. mean, I think we turned it around uh, to a positive corner. Yeah, everything's know, fine but, now. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. Thankfully, everything's fine now. But yeah. uh, look, we'll be back to some other regular programming uh, yeah. next week. Oh, and we have an God email address now. Why not send us an email, please? I would I would enjoy that greatly to podcast.neither9.com. Um, just maybe just send us one so that we know it's working um, and <laughs> just say hi maybe send us a song you're listening to if you have any ideas for podcasts that you'd like us to do get in touch we want to we want to be amongst it and yeah. we have a patreon as well yeah patreon.com forward slash nine or nine if you want to support us and uh, get involved in our discord group as well um, what do you think the chances of us uh, talking about Donda next week are very, very low. Some things uh, still need a roadmap and they're also uh, involve Kanye West. So, yes. There we go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. We'll leave it okay. there. Thanks for listening. Uh, we've been the 909 podcast, Niall and Andrea. Bye. Bye. in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.